0: You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge sports fan. I start every morning by listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast, and I never miss a Reds game. So when it's time for me to grab a gift for the sports fan in my life, I check out Fanatic's. They have everything you need from the best teams, the favorite players, and all the stuff is good. As a memorabilia and autographs collector, I trust Fanatics. But here's the best part. Fanatics always has some kind of discount going on. From free shipping to 50 to 70% off some items, you're going to get a great deal every time at Fanatics. So check them out using the link in the show notes or from my podcast website and help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Welcome back to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. This week's episode is with Alex Kaplan of Up Substance. But first, take it away, kid mental.
1: Things ain't always gonna go our way. But you can always win when you choose just struggle. And some battles of the yesterday. But today is for when you begin. Choose just struggle. And don't worry about what they say. But you can always win when you choose just struggle. And you can bounce back. Yes, right. Come on in, listen to Just Struggle. Whoa.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. This is episode three. I hope you enjoyed the Monday motivation episode. I really like those. I'm very excited about that addition to the Choose Your Struggle family. It gives me a space to talk about some things that don't quite fit into the episodes. Now, I, I know one of the things you said on the survey is that you wanted more of, of me on these episodes. And I'm, I'm going to do my best to give that. But sometimes I don't want to go on a long rant or something that really doesn't fit into this episode. Perfect example, I've already recorded this coming Monday's episode as I sit down to record this because it was originally the intro to this episode. And I went, you know what? It's all good stuff, but it doesn't really fit with the topic of this episode. So I cut it, and it's going to be Monday's episode. Now, I also hope you enjoyed the episode on Friday with Rebecca. I, <laughs> I'm i such a big fan of Rebecca's. I love Ghost Town. It's such a great show. I was talking to my dad last night for his birthday, and he was laughing that he learned more about true crime and paranormal podcasting in one hour of of my my conversation with Rebecca than he knew before that and and you know if those of you who don't listen to those kinds of podcasts I hope that was the case for you as well and maybe some of you are now fans of Ghost Town and that would be wonderful. So this week's episode is with a guy that I am such a <laughs> I I just admire him I've I reached out to Alex Kaplan. Because I, I read something or or I, I saw a post or something on, on social media about everything that Of Substance is doing. I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I went and checked it out. And th- the films are incredible, as you'll hear us talk about on this episode. And I just reached out. I messaged and said, hey, how can I help? And what has come since is a friendship. it's a It's a partnership. It's a friendship, not just with Alex, but with... Uh, another guy that works there, another. I mean, he, he, Alex just has great people around him. Mark Zuckerbrow, who is helping Alex with a lot of this work, is now a, a, a big piece of the equation at of substance. A, and I know you all, or at least some of you, listened to the special episode during the offseason that was Choose Your Struggle Presents of Substance. And it was Alex and, and Mark talking about their work. So this won't be a surprise to those of you who listened. For those who didn't, definitely, if you like what they're saying, go check out that special episode from about a month back. But also check out their work because I am such a big fan. And it got me thinking, this, this conversation got me thinking about something that we reference in this episode. I was interviewed not long ago. You can find it on my website, on my LinkedIn By someone who their prompt was kind of discussing why things like mental health and substance misuse are very popular in podcasts, in uh, movies where movies about mental health struggles are routinely blockbusters. Even even not that well-known ones rake in a bunch of money. And this person was kind of wondering why. And I said, you know, a, a very simple answer is someone can rent a movie, someone can listen to a podcast and learn about or feel connected to a topic that they're afraid to ask elsewhere. And that's why things like true crime, that's why things like substance misuse, mental health, topics around sex are very popular in movies and TV shows and podcasts because people can enjoy them in privacy and not feel the stigmatizing eyes. You know, there's nothing more embarrassing than showing a movie that you love to somebody than there being a sex scene or there being a a heavy scene about mental health. It's very awkward at times. Even if the other person is down with it, you feel this sense of awkwardness. And it's because the stigma around these things makes us feel weird. Like, oh, should I be enjoying this with this person? You know, it's very personal. It's very vulnerable. And it shouldn't be. And, And that's one incredible thing that of substance is doing is they're making it more okay to enjoy these things in a way that is it builds connections alex talks about that beautifully in this in this episode about how you know sort of the 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 snowball effect that these films can create and i really appreciate it last night again i was talking to my whole family we had a zoom chat for my dad's birthday and one of my brothers made a joke about you know sexual awakening um and of course, people went, "Ooh," and whatever." And he said, "Why? Why is that gross? Why? <laughs> why is, is that a very normal thing? Why is that your reaction?" And, and I thought that was so, <laughs> that was such a, a minor moment in this, in this family chat. But it was so important, too. And I you know, prosper my brother Alex, also Alex, for, for that moment. Uh, it was appreciated. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Alex Alex Kaplan is one of the speakers for Choose Your Struggle Presents Rock Bottom Storytellers on January 27th. Uh, Alex is an actor. If you go watch some of the films, you'll see him in some of them. He's very good. Enjoy this conversation and stick around at the end for The Good Egg and The Card. Ever since Mountain Made CBD founder Mike Passion came on the podcast way back in the beginning of season 1, I've been lucky enough to call them a sponsor. And I say lucky because I love CBD. I preach about it to everybody. Mountain Made is the best in the game. They've got lower than the federally compliant level of THC, so it ships nationwide, but they've got enough THC that you get the entourage effect. It's the best of both worlds. I love their boost. It's a 10 milligram chewable. It's orange sherbet and white tea leaf flavor. It's fantastic. I take a couple of them throughout the day and it's got me feeling pretty good. If you want to start the morning on a high note, they've got Build. Build is a 50 milligram quick release tablet to take it with your coffee. You get it going in the morning and you feel great throughout the day. At the end of the day, they've got Recover and Recover is a 25 milligram chewable. It's mango flavored. It's got magnolia. It'll leave you feeling pretty nice at the end of the day. My wife and I even picked up their dog chewables, which our dog loves. She's got anxiety. She's a rescue dog. And just one of Mountain Maid's chewables leaves her feeling pretty good. But here's the thing. Don't just take my word for it. I turn my wife on to Mountain Maid, and she loves it. So let's hear what she has to say. Mountain Maid is the only CBD I have ever loved. The only CBD I've been willing to purchase over and over and over again. And I don't see that stopping. So go to MountainMaidCBD.com. And when you check out, tell them Choose Your Struggle sent you. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe
1: wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm Alex Kaplan. I'm the co-founding executive director of Of Substance. We're an innovative nonprofit that makes premium, entertaining short films about addiction, working to overcome the shame, blame and stigma of substance misuse. Uh, What we're doing is we're reimagining immersive cinema, everything from romantic comedies to thrillers, as an approachable tool for behavioral change to go into treatment, for personal support, to enhance interpersonal communication and relationships, and to go into education.
0: That was really well done. I, I thought you did that perfectly. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. So tell me the story then. What what brought you f- from, from your boyhood to where you are today?
1: Yeah, man. Okay. Wow. So uh, <laughs> I'm very fortunate. I was raised uh, very wealthy, actually. My father did very well. I'm from Philadelphia, Center City, three blocks from City Hall. Uh, we had several homes across the country. I mean, like that. And when I was 23, my father had been sick for a really long time and he passed away. Um, And it was the day after I gave his eulogy at the first night of Shiva, we're Jewish, that a family friend pulled us into my parents' bedroom and let us know that we were tens of millions of dollars in debt. And so it was That's my trauma. That that is what happened to me. It's a very privileged trauma. But that experience of loss and abandonment that was so extreme, just hurt so much that for the next couple of years, I studied acting, I was recently graduated, it was 2009. So the bubble had burst and I was bartending in New York trying to figure out what I was doing. And I just didn't want to feel anything. So I found alcohol and cocaine and I got better and better and better at using more and more and more of it to just disappear for about three to four years. And I got to a point where I was doing so much cocaine alone, hiding in my apartment that I was doing two eight balls a day for five days straight without sleep, crashing for two days and starting it all over again. And I got really lucky that this was the time before fentanyl because I would be dead. Tomorrow is actually my 35th birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. It is... I keep thinking about it. It's it's a goddamn miracle that I am here. And I am so grateful to be here. And so... Um, The way i got sober though is uh, i recognized that something was wrong once i got to about 27 i realized that i was in new york and and i was no longer mourning but i had this habit i couldn't kick so luckily i got fired from my bar job and my ex-girlfriend now wife was like alex get the fuck out of new york get out of here so i went home to philly for the summer And I didn't tell my mom I had a drug problem, but I was having trouble with alcohol. And we tried a couple of different things. I went to a meeting. I didn't really jive with the culture of it. And I tried one on one addiction therapy at uh, with a with a therapist at Penn. And she was a bit more she was coming from a negative perspective. And I really wasn't jiving with that. And I got really lucky and I found a progressive group led by a doctor. Um, and the group was all about um, improving the quality of life. It wasn't about getting and staying sober. It was about learning to be a person and learning to be the best person you can be. And so it was in that group that I learned how to fall and pick myself up, how to develop grit and resilience and persistence and and that room became my father. That room became that that parent that I, I needed. It was this beautiful place. And I'm very grateful to be a part of this very special group. Uh, in the meantime, when I got back there, that was that was a four-year journey. I took two years to get off of cocaine. I kept, I'd go Tuesday nights, I'd leave, I'd pick up a bag, and I'd just keep doing it, but I'd show up every Tuesday night. And over two years, I finally got off the blow, but uh, I was hiding that I was bartending the whole time from the group. And once I was finally clean of the cocaine, I recognized that I was drinking and using alcohol the same way I used to use cocaine. So that was another two-year journey of like understanding my relationship with alcohol and what I could and couldn't do and making a lot of mistakes and falling down a lot, but getting better and better at picking myself up and learning and moving forward. So it was a four-year journey of finally getting to a place of just like sober. And then I got to that place on October 28th 2017. And today I am like three years and two months sober completely, which is amazing. Uh, and yeah, that's a, uh, that's me, man. Well,
0: that's a beautiful story. And there's a lot of really fantastic points in there. So number one, when, what year did you leave New York?
1: I left New York on June 3rd of 2013.
0: It's funny. You and I overlapped in New York by for a couple of months. And I, I tell the story a lot that I've only been to two AA meetings and the, the one was when I was trying to get into recovery and they, this was in the middle of the desert in Arizona. And they were like, what are you doing here, kid? And I was like, yeah, good point. What am I doing here? Um, and the second time was in New York, I went to a meeting an 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 NA meeting. Cause I was felt completely alone. I was working a job in fundraising, uh, and, and also like hawking keys on the, on a street side to try to pay for uh, my writing. I was trying to be a professional writer and I was like feeling really alone and feeling really deep, and, and so I went to this meeting in the basement of a church. And I'm sitting there, and nobody shows up. And the janitor pops his head in and he goes, "Are you here for the NA meeting?" I say, yeah. "He goes, man, nobody comes to this shit." And he walks out, and I went, oh, "Yay!" Oh God! <laughs> so those are the only two times. But I love that you so when, when people talk about going to meetings and going to groups, most of the time, those are code words for AA and you yourself are sober, but your story shows that there are other ways to live some of these ideas that are not AA. And that's something we don't hear about a lot is that when when you hear about those ideas, it's only through the AA lens.
1: Yeah. uh, And it's, that's the thing is like, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with AA. I think that the the thing about it is different strokes for different folks. We are all different. It's just like like getting sober is like anything in life. It's just like we we all respond differently to something depending on the experiences we've lived and the experiences we bring to it. So if if this kind of community works for you then great. If it doesn't there should be something else for you and that's okay not every just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean that you're hopeless and that you're fucked um and so but the thing is i have a lot of friends in aa who have uh their groups that they go to and their rooms and their communities that are not uh when i hear about them they're not the experiences i've had so i think that You know, it's not about the 12 step program or AA. It's just about finding the people you jive with. And that's a big thing I've learned over all this time is so, of substance is built on the notion that addiction is a disease of loneliness and isolation, and the belief that if you can improve someone's sense of belonging, you can improve their mindset. Johan Hari says that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, the opposite of addiction is connection. Of substance is methodology agnostic right? We, we don't push AA. We don't push 12 steps. We don't push medication. We don't push spirituality. We don't push uh, atheism. We don't push anything. We think to each his own, to each their own. And everybody is welcome to find what works for them. But the one consistency across all these methodologies of treatment is connection, community, and the power of group support. And so that's what we promote. We, we explore the human experience uh, uh and the the human journey regarding disconnection regarding feeling isolated regarding feeling different and and down in that dark well and then the power of just feeling connected to bring you out of it and i was thinking about this today uh, is just like I, I was in my group one time and somebody who is one of the most remarkable people I've ever met in my life, and he's uh, he's been in the, in the room a quarter of the time I've been in there. He asked a question in the room that was just like, "When did you guys start to believe that you could do this?" And I was like, "Wow, damn, I have no idea." What an amazing question! And everybody had a different response. But what that made me realize was, you know, that's the power of community. Is when when you're first getting sober, before you. When you're trying anything, you don't believe that you can do it. You don't think that you can do it. And so so that's that's what the group is there for. The group is there to believe in you until you're ready to believe in yourself. And that's what we're here for.
0: Well, beautifully said. A big shout out to Johan Hari. I'm reading <laughs> Chasing the Scream right now. And it's so, so good. Uh, so good, so sad. And in reading, I have to read in small doses and I have to read something after it because I can't go to sleep after reading. It, it makes me so angry that it's, it's, you know, I hear from so often from people, well, there's just no proof that this. Does-. Yes, there's so much proof. There's a book about it that was a bestseller. Everyone knows this is bullshit. And it just, it drives me insane. But as you perfectly said, I think the great point there at the end was that, you know, when you first start out, you don't know that you can do this. And we hear so often, this is a thing that that I was just talking about with someone the other day who is struggling with an eating disorder. And I asked her, do you think you can do this? And by the way, it, you're allowed to say no to that because so often we're told, oh, you can't think that. you got to believe in yourself. And it's like, well, but that's not real. You are allowed to say this is really fucking hard and I don't know that I can do this
1: right and it's not about knowing that you can do this it's about showing up and trying and that's that's the key right and and that's that's what's so tricky and that's why i I, am so excited to be on here jay what you do is amazing and and you're so insightful and you're so intelligent in the way that you talk to people in such as in this grounded way and i was thinking about coming on here today and thinking about what choose your struggle means to me and I, I started thinking deeper about it. And I was just like, well, that's exactly it is we don't believe when we're deep in the well that like to be in that well is a choice. Like whether whether like addiction is a biochemical uh, disease or not, it, in the end, like if you have cancer or if you have asthma or if you have diabetes, you choose to manage it. Right. And that's the thing is with addiction, it's the same. You either choose to use your inhaler or you don't use your inhaler. You use your insulin or you manage your, your blood sugar levels. And so you manage addiction the same way. And and so it's about making a choice to do so. And so I think about choose your struggle. And I realized that what I got out of getting sober is I got to realize that I, I got to learn the skill and the talent of picking myself back up about choosing what I want to struggle with today to be. And so I've gotten to a point where I can recognize that addiction doesn't need to be the struggle I'm choosing today and instead to focus on something else. And I am so grateful and so lucky to be here today to be able to choose for of substance and building this innovative organization to be my struggle. And and that's kind of what I think the message is of choose your struggle is just like, you don't you can choose not to be stuck and it's up to you.
0: That's exactly right. And and, and, and I appreciate that. That's that's awesome. That's that's literally the, the goal of, of choose your struggle. And I want to use that as a pivot point into the films are incredible. I, and by by the point this comes out, my listeners will, will probably know that because they will have heard the special episode that I put out with you guys uh, about a month before this. But before we do that, let's pause. Shout out where people can find you, the website, all the good stuff.
1: Thanks, Jay. Thank you, dude. Uh so um Of Substance is uh has a has a website uh that is of substance.org, ofsubstance.org, where you can learn more about us, you can connect with others, you can watch all of our films, the entire library, short films, three to twelve minutes for free you can share them use them as a resource use them as something you can send to family members and friends that you think help you explain what you're going through in an approachable way through a romantic comedy right um check those out of substance.org that's the main place to go but we very much welcome uh any and everyone to uh follow us on social media we are on facebook uh, we are of substance Uh, and on Instagram, we are at of underscore substance, follow us. We, we reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Uh, and I will definitely second that and saying that that's how you and I got connected. I just straight up reached out and was like, yo, this is awesome. Let like, tell me all the things. And here we are.
1: I can't believe, I can't believe I'm here with you. I I have to give a shout out straight to Jay because Jay just found me online and we're just, we're figuring this out as we go along. And Jay reached out and he was just like, I love what you're doing. Uh, How can I help? And, and nothing, nobody has been more of a support, more of an encouragement and more of an inspiration in this entire journey than you. And to be here on this podcast (laughs) after this time uh, is, is one of the most remarkable gifts of 2020. So thank you. You're welcome.
0: If you listen to the podcast, and of course you do, because you're hearing this right now. You know that I always ask my guests what their preferred method of self-care is. Well, here's my answer, a good cup of coffee. This year has truly made me appreciate the little things that make my life better, and a good cup of coffee goes a long way. That's why I switched to Four Sigmatic and I haven't gone back. They use mushrooms in their beans and it gives me a kick in the morning that I didn't know I needed before and now I miss if I have anything other than Four Sigmatic. Once you give them a try, trust me, you're not going to want to go back. So go check out the link in my show notes or on my podcast website and use the code CHOOSEYOURSTRUGGLE, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off. Check out Four Sigmatic today. Ready to take the next step in your mental health journey but not sure where to start? Feeling pretty good but interested in getting more in touch with the true you? Struggling with substance misuse and not sure where to turn? Reach out. The first session is always free, and hey, sometimes we all just need someone to talk to. Find me at jshiftman.com today. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Shiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, we're now talking about of substance, Right. As the listeners just heard, it is of substance.org, which means it's a nonprofit. So what was the decision in going into making this not a a business, not a, you know, why did you go, you know what, this is, this is something I want to do without worrying about shareholders or, or making money or whatever the case is.
1: Oh man, I I didn't realize that question was coming. This is fun. (laughs) Okay, so um, we're a nonprofit for a couple of reasons, and we went through it. You know, like as we we just had this idea, and we weren't sure how it was going to be the most effective. But we, I was uh, my my co-founder and I had this idea of just like, what if there was a YouTube channel that had just like. Uh, a ton of short films, and the only rules were they have to be as immersive, engaging, and entertaining as they are challenging, authentic, and insightful on some perspective of addiction. And so we built with this idea, and I brought it up to a friend, and she was like, this sounds like a non-profit. And I'm like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck's a non-profit? Because I don't know anything, right? And, and I dig in. I buy non for dummies the next day. And I do a lot of research, and I talk to a lot of people, and I realize, like, why this is a nonprofit. The reason this is a nonprofit is because we just wanted to put something out there because we don't see that there is a a strong tool for everybody to use that is there for prevention, early intervention and even long-term recovery that is accessible and at your fingertips in an approachable way that makes you not need to go to a meeting, makes you not need to call your sponsor even though you should always do all of these things, but like there's something more. And and you know it, we live in a tricky country capitalism makes healthcare a very uh, muddy <laughs> little space to talk about and so we realized that you know if we wanted to be part of the solution then we couldn't we needed to make our our offerings available to the people who need it most and not like the rest of treatment that is out of reach of those who who need it and so we wanted to, this all stemmed from an idea for uh, imagine a free streaming service that you can just go to anytime you can't make it to a meeting. You don't want to call your sponsor. You're having urges at work. You're at a party or something. You excuse yourself. You go to of substance and you watch a four minute Judd Avatar comedy. And you're just like, oh my God, that was great. Oh, wait, that's why I do it. I'm good. Back to the barbecue. But not before sending it to your mom and just being like, hey, mom, watch this. And she's just like, oh my God, that was great. Wait, is that really what it's like for you? And he was just like, yes, mom. That's what it's like for me because she just went on this connected emotional journey through this immersive story where she finally sees differently. She's not hearing it as words. So, so that's all happening. And of course she sends you back a thriller. That's her perspective. Every time you fall off the wagon, because we tell stories from both sides and she's like, "Now watch this. And you're just like, oh my God, that was great. I never realized how much I was burning down your world. And you just start to connect differently because these films help you show the things that are hardest to say, right? The idea is like, that's the power of this tool and we need it to be available. We need it to be able to be helpful. And so we did that. But there's a second fold to this, right? Is the way this is going to be in everything we do, we work to create community. Our our mission statement is to foster vulnerability, combat isolation, and create community by connecting people through the power of story. And so it's all about connection. It's all about community. It's all about overcoming isolation. And so in everything we do, That's not just what our our films are about. It's how we lead everything we do, our activities, our filming, our meetings. It's all about vulnerability and people coming together to feel like they're of service and a part of something. We made our first nine films. This is not the business model. Just anybody listening, this is not the business model, but it gives you a sense of why this is a nonprofit. We made our first nine films, 14 films for $10,000. It's over a million dollars worth of film. We made for $10,000 because I reached out to friends and people and I was just like, I don't have any money. Here's where we're going. This is what we're doing. And people responded, I'm in. I'd love to be a part of this. If we're a business that's about the bottom dollar and money going to the equity shareholders, then people have a different incentive of why they're getting involved. As soon as we become a charity where people can feel of service, people want to be involved. If you know that all your work is going to just improve the company and not to put money into somebody's pocket, you get involved differently. You're inspired differently. And so that's what we're doing.
0: Beautifully put, and, and 100%, and that's what made me – so two things made me reach out. Number one, that if you were a for-profit, I'd still be interested, and I still would have reached out because the films are really good. But because you're a nonprofit, I was like, all right, this is easy. I, it's an easy thing for me to get involved with. But as I just said, the films are really good, and, and it makes it a lot easier to, to the listeners – no offense to these people, but it's not your nephew's art school film that we're talking about here. These are these are significantly good movies. And Alex, you're not just the guy behind this; you're in some of them. So, so what was that? Was that hard to to get? Because one of them is super raw. The one that I watched, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name, but you know which one I'm talking about. True. Sure. Shim sure. is super raw. Was it hard for you to get – I mean, this is sort of like a tell me about your acting style question. But was it hard for you to get back to that space? Because it was – as someone who lived this as, as
1: well as you did, it was super believable. Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, and no, it wasn't. It wasn't hard. Um, so luckily, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting. That's uh, that's what I studied. And I'm very lucky that I just have this uh, – it's not what I – like focus on anymore. And my acting doesn't improve because of that. But like, I just uh, I'm an outside in actor uh, where it's like it was about sniffing, right? Because he's the guy is just sniffing and he's done way too much coke and he's just jittery. And so I drank way too much coffee and I I just kind of got into it. And I was also super nervous. It was the very first thing we were shooting and I just let it play, you know, very lucky. And then that same day, in the same day, we shot first date which is our 12 minute romantic comedy so I had that coming up where I had to shift into something else but it was just like we're just excited to be making things like it was it was so funny I've been waiting my whole life to make a movie I like that is well directed by a friend that's written by a partner and that's 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 about bringing people together. That's actually good. That utilizes my skills and talents, and I'd never really gotten to do that before. And I was just excited to be there. So we just we just jumped in. Like, it, we didn't we didn't know how these were going to turn out. To be honest, we we trusted that our degrees in everything we studied and the time we put in to our work and to our academics and to our time in New York. And I I actually, while getting sober, I started working at a, a regional production company. I was the third person there as an intern. And I left six years later, just a year ago, October, as the managing executive producer of the company. Uh, we built the company to 20 people, and we learned together as I got sober. Um, so I learned about filmmaking. Uh, I was an actor, so I didn't know anything about being behind the camera. But over six years, I cut my teeth in in film and in cinema, and and we just like we we're just like okay, we have all of this, all of this experience experiences, drug addict experience as as a person who's gotten better at things as as a filmmaker, as an actor, and as a friend, and as a leader who brings people together. And we just uh, we, we just applied all of it. And next thing you know, there's some films. <laughs>
0: so you're in a couple. How many did you direct? How many did you write? I mean, what were your roles on all the other ones?
1: What's really cool, so my co-founder Brian and I, um, we, we realized after a while, so Brian wrote a couple and I wrote a couple. Um, and my wife wrote one from her perspective as the loved one of an addict, and we co-wrote that and we co-directed that. Um, but at first, it was like Brian's directing this, Alex is directing this, and then after a while, we realized we're co-directing everything. Like it's, and, and that goes to show you, like that that that's just us living our values, which is any everything's better together. So like, um, so we co-wrote. Uh, and co-directed or like brian would start the script and he'd do the first draft and then we work together on it and and things like that everything was a um a collaborative experience
0: so you have these awesome films which you said anyone can watch for free online but but that's not sort of the goal of the organization right so to take the listeners through you know How do you go from, great, so you have a platform that's kind of a YouTube-ish of just a list of films to what you're actually trying to accomplish with this?
1: Uh, Our big vision is a world where every space is a safe space. I mean, we're working toward a bigger vision of a better society where people learn to practice vulnerability and develop the skill of courage to connect better and lead bigger, more fulfilling lives. That That's the world we're going toward. We just happen to be doing it through film, is the idea, right? Um, that's what we believe in. That's what we believe is possible. And we think that we've stumbled upon a tool that may actually help us as a society get closer to that world. And so, um, yeah, so the way that we're doing it is we we're not just a YouTube channel. We're we're developing a platform that allows for people to utilize it however they need to for one on one addiction therapists or any kind of therapists to use these as tools in their in their uh, sessions. But also, we're creating curriculum to go into treatment, to go into health centers, to go into corporations, um, to be there for treatment, but also curriculum to go into education, to go into fraternities and sororities for compassion and empathy training around substance use, to go into universities in general, to go into um, high schools and even elementary schools in the future. We have a vision of doing cartoons and musicals that are short and bite sized that allow us to say so much more by showing more perspectives in the same amount of time. If we have 90 minutes worth of short films, the number of stories and perspectives that we get to see are just tremendous. Right now, the thing about it is we're built on this notion that addiction is a disease of loneliness and isolation, the belief that if you can improve someone's sense of belonging, you can improve their mindset. So if it's about the idea that addiction leads to, struggle that begets isolation and shame, like that is something that is not unique to addiction. Everybody struggles with something they feel shame around. And that's why this tool is so, so powerful. Um, we, we, Our films don't focus on addiction. Addiction just happens to be the circumstance. Our films focus on our characters' emotional journeys and their human experiences regarding shame, isolation, struggle, and the power of connection to bring us out. And that's why these become more universally relatable stories. And so if this tool works to offer support and help people who struggle with addiction, feel less alone, recognize they might have a problem, ask for help, and then and then help them and support them throughout their longevity of their recovery when they have urges as they stay sober 20 years into sobriety, then why wouldn't that work for anything that looks to community for support, right? We imagine that once we prove the efficacy of this product, we can open up the floodgates to using short films, these bullet bite-size triggers of vulnerability to all all struggles we feel shame around. They're not shameful. They are just things we feel shame around. And I'm talking suicide to eating disorders to bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, cancer, menopause, aging, and then like looking beyond those struggles and everybody's got something and we have there we have so many friends coming out of the woodwork, with new ideas of what we can hit in the future, but eventually we want to get into race issues. We want to get into greener planet. We see that we believe that immersive scripted narrative cinema, entertainment, like romantic comedies, thrillers, sci-fis have are, are the most powerful tool that we have as a society when it comes to storytelling, because it, We're emotional beings who make choices based on how we feel and what we believe at our core. And if we want to shift the way we think, feel, and believe, we need a tool that targets that emotional core. And I think that's what we found in this. We have these bite-sized tools that offer anybody an opportunity to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes in an instant
0: this all sounds incredible, right? And again, you know, obviously my listeners, I've said this like nine times now that I'm a not only a supporter, but I'm a believer in what you're trying to do. If someone is like, wow, this is super cool. I've already checked out the films. These are really good. You know, help the listeners understand what working with of substance looks like, right? Because again, you know, all of this sounds incredible, but how do you actually then say, all right, here's what we're gonna, what we're doing with it?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so... There are a couple of different answers to that, right? So working with a substance is uh, one of the number one things we're doing in 2021 is offering free workshops. It's it's a global pandemic. We can't bring people together to make films very comfortably. And we can't bring people together in an auditorium to watch films, but we got really lucky and we partnered with a new company that has created a the software. They're called Marquee that allows us to host and facilitate online virtual video chats um, that also allows us to stream our films and broadcast our films in high quality so that everybody in that video chat can watch these films together simultaneously come back out and talk about them. So we're facilitating these workshops that we like to call uh, movies and conversation experiences. Uh, It's a 60 to 90 minute experience where we all meet from the comfort of our own couches on our platform privately and I, in partnership with uh, social workers and volunteer therapists, host and facilitate a workshop that starts out with, hi, I'm Alex, Uh, this is of substance, this is what we do, and uh, I'm a total fuck up, this is my story. And this is of substance and what we believe. We're gonna watch a couple of movies and we're gonna chat about them and that's it. So we'll turn on our first four minute film and then we'll come back out. And now that people, strangers and friends alike are vulnerably triggered and we have set up a safe and vulnerable environment, people start to communicate and share on a open level that they wouldn't normally. And so this just helps us to enhance the impact that our films make by talking about them, dropping those seeds and allowing people to think differently and transform the way they feel and believe toward themselves others in their lives and their belief in what's possible so and then we'll rinse and repeat that for about uh, like three to six films and so we're doing that in 2021 from universities to fraternities to libraries and veteran support groups to addiction support groups and and absolutely anywhere if you out there uh, we're looking for anybody who's interested in hosting. If you out there are interested in being a part of this, they're free. Please just reach out to us. My email is weareatofsubstance.org. We'd love to hear from you and come and be part of your community.
0: And you know, listeners, I actually got to attend the sort of the dry run of this, which was you know friends and family event to see how this was going to work, and. It's really cool the way, Alex, that you guys were able to essentially create a playlist, right? And so it wasn't just, all right, we're going to see it from you know this uh, comedy, and then we're going to see another comedy. No, it was, you mixed it up, and it was different points and also making you feel different ways that the, I, I stayed for two different movies, and then we chatted, and it was really cool. It was really interesting to hear what people had to say about uh, what we just watched.
1: Yeah, no, that was it was such a gift to bring a bunch of different people not knowing who'd show up. I mean, to be honest, everybody, we put together this friends and family thing because we're just getting to know this platform we're using. And we wanted to test it out on people who would be kind about the things that didn't work and tell us openly and honestly. Um, And it worked out. So people would just come into this open house for 15 minutes at a time in this five hour window. And it was amazing. We had people from all different places who didn't know each other and they come in and we watch these films and people who didn't know they were even going to be on camera at all with other people started talking about their feelings and their experiences and what they believed. Uh, We didn't expect that to happen, but it's already working. And we're, we're so excited to see that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's such a ringing endorsement of how powerful these films are that, like you said, you know, it wasn't like people showed up. And I'd say this from firsthand experience. I didn't show up ready to be part of like a quote unquote focus group or something like that. I showed up to support you all because I like what you're doing. But then I felt compelled to have these conversations because of how
1: raw and how vulnerable the films are. Thank you for saying so. That is super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, you're the best man, but uh, the other thing about it is, you asked how people can uh, work with us. Uh, the thing is, like we we're an open community. We we believe that it's all about bringing people together. So the magic of us making short films. Once this company is stood up, like really stood up and, and funded, the idea is that we're making new content. Monthly, We're putting, we can, we can put out five new short films a month and shooting nationwide. It's so easy. Short films are the, are the best product that has no market and we're trying to give them their due. So like you can shoot, we made nine films, six of them. We shot two a day. They're economical. You can just, they don't cost a lot of money. They don't take a lot of resources and they're quick to make. So we're not precious with them. And it allows us to tell so many different stories from so many different perspectives. And it's not about us becoming a content company. We're not a content company. It's just that we have a responsibility to the people we're, we're trying to help to refresh that content because not everybody identifies with this film or that film. So you need to keep making new films to help people progress, to help people see new perspectives and change, change what they think about, uh, change their preconceived notions about themselves and others in their lives by offering them more opportunities to see.
0: And it definitely does that. And, And, you know, it's so, I think film, podcasts are similar in this is that, they uh, actually was was interviewed probably three months ago or two months ago by a reporter who was asking people why it is that um, mental health and, and other similar wellness podcasts are, are very popular and films about mental health and and suicide and stuff like that always do incredibly well at the box office, even though these topics have a lot of stigma. And my answer to this reporter was because people identify with it, but they're scared to talk about it. And so they go to places where they can do it in privacy and they can do it safely watching movies where they listen to podcasts. And so there is such a need for this for people to feel that connection and then be told as your platform and your your organization is trying to do so, uh, so beautifully that it's okay to talk about these things and you can do it in a safe
1: way with others who also think like you do exactly you said that so well i I think that like i was thinking about this this morning it's like to be vulnerable is to be brave enough to to put yourself out there and be seen Right, and it's like it's the only opportunity we have to grow. If you just keep a shield up, if you don't, if you don't talk about what you really feel, then how can you ever change? Right, you're stuck at the status quo. James Joyce said that in the particular lies the universal, and in our experience, what we've seen is how, how we see that in in action is that the more particular, the more specific, the more honest, authentic, and genuine we are about sharing what we believe, what we experience and what we feel, the more surprised we are that the majority of other people identify with that.
0: Beautifully said, as I say on this podcast, probably every week, vulnerability begets vulnerability and empathy begets empathy. So it's, you know, you put it out there and it comes back. You and I could talk about this all day, but I am conscious of both of our times. So before we get into the final questions, one more time, where can people find you? Where can they reach out? Throw it all out there.
1: Guys, please go to ofsubstance.org, watch the films. Uh, learn more about us, but also get involved on our community page. There are many different links and different buttons, depending on how you want to get involved. We want you to share your story with us, and we want your story to inspire our next film, and we want you to be a part of that. The magic of us making so much content and making more and more short films is that that creates more opportunities for people to be a part of a group that's making a short film. So like every short film is not the same group of people making it, it's a new cinematographer, a new storyteller, a new director, new actors coming together to create something that is wonderful. So go on there, see the link that says like, share your story and and write us your story. Go on there, click the link that says I'm a filmmaker and I want to work with Substance on one of your films. If you're uh, behind the camera or in front of the camera, an actor or a cinematographer. There's a button to get in touch with us. There's also, there are other buttons to share. If you, if you would share us as much as possible, that, that is everything we could ask for, uh, our, the biggest thing we need is just for people to know that we're out there so that they so that we can help so that they can watch our films. So yeah, Instagram is at of underscore substance and, uh, we're on Facebook, easy to find of substance But really, just go to the website, check us out, get involved, and get connected. So
0: uh, I've always finished with the same two questions, as my listeners know. Number one, what are your self-care habits, especially during the times of COVID?
1: Oh, right. Sure. Uh, So I know this is so funny. I, I moved out to L.A. from Philadelphia three weeks before COVID hit. And, uh, I'm already, the way I talk seems as though I've been here forever, but gratitude. Um, I spent, this has been a really challenging year for all of us, for others far more than, than some of us, right? Uh, I'm very lucky. I have luckily not experienced any death. Uh, I have not experienced, uh, Uh, I I still have a home. Uh, I have food. I am very, very grateful and very lucky. But, you know, we're all just going through it mentally. And I spent many months just like waking up with a feeling of dread and just afraid of the day, just terrified. And uh, I actually, from a friend, I asked a friend who's been through way worse than I have, like, "How how are you doing this? How are you thriving? And he's like, honestly, dude, I practice gratitude every 30 seconds. I'm like, okay. He's like, but but that's the thing. It's not, it's not listing what you're grateful for. That's not the activity that works. It's saying, okay, I'm grateful to have a home. And then saying, because it makes me feel. And then explore that more deeply, because it makes me feel secure, because it makes me feel like I'm doing okay, because it makes me feel safe, because it makes me feel these things. And the more you explore that in this exercise, the more you start to change inside you what you are feeling, your physiology. And and so I started practicing that where every single morning I wake up and within the first 30 seconds, I'd say to myself, okay, you have so much to be grateful for. What do I have to be grateful for? Yes, because it makes me feel. And so I'm now at a point where I don't have to do that all the time because it's just kind of like the foundation of how I'm thinking. You know, I'm just always so grateful. And I know when I think grateful to immediately trigger because it makes me feel and then feel it. So honestly, that is the thing. If you do nothing else, if I bring nothing else to this conversation, practice, practice that. Whether you're doing okay right now or you're doing terribly, it will only improve.
0: Beautifully put. I uh, love it. And as my listeners know, you know gratitude is a big part of my personal self-care habit as well. So I, I love it. All right, final one. So we've basically spent the last 45 minutes listening to why you're incredible, why we should all follow you and be invested in what you're doing, but- who are some people that you are following? Who do you, who do you listen to? Who are you reading? What are you watching that have been impactful to you that we should all go check out?
1: Brene Brown. If you ever hear this podcast, will you please call us? Will you email us? You're, you are, you're our hero. Um, But yeah, um, honestly, I don't spend much time reading. I don't spend much time doing many other things. I, 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 So that same friend who talked about gratitude was, uh, somebody who said, Alex, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so I, I spent a lot of time really thinking about that. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, the people in your household that can mean the people you read, the people you listen to the podcasts. And I got really lucky, uh, not saying this, I would say this on a different podcast, Jay, you are one of the people I listen to. I listen yeah. to your podcast. I I reach out and you are always there for me and that has changed my life in this year. Um and and I got to be honest, I don't have many other people. I I'm just obsessed with Brené Brown. I'm reading all of her books. I'm jumping into it. We've been working on this company for 3 years, right? And like it's just instinctive what we feel, but Nobody's ever put words to what it is that we're doing. And it's only, I was only introduced to Brene's work within the past nine months during 2020. And I'm listening to her and I'm just like, oh shit. This is everything that we're doing. Uh, This would be tremendous to work together. And so honestly, I I do have a goal of partnering with and reaching out to and maybe having Brene join our family. Well, you
0: definitely uh, and, should, man. It's uh, her her company is growing. You know, she went from one podcast to two, and you know, she's kind of building this thing into into a little empire. So you should definitely look. It worked for you and me, and, and uh, I get a credible just by reaching out. So you know, send her a, send her an email and just say, hey, this is what we're doing, and here's a here's a film. Check it out.
1: You're totally right. Yeah.
0: Well, Alex, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know my listeners are gonna love it, and uh, sign off with whatever you want to say,
1: guys. Just you know. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. You're doing great. That's another thing. That's something that that uh, I I heard about two years ago from somebody. Is just like at any given moment, everyone is always doing the best they can. They can, and to be that forgiving and to be that kind to yourself, especially now, is uh, is of paramount importance. You are doing great. Give yourself credit and trust that you are worth it.
0: If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that it's not the only thing I do. Choose Your Struggle is an entire brand. I speak, I coach and consult. I have rock bottom storytellers. There's a lot going on. And sometimes I get to a project and I go, man, I just, I can't do all of this myself. So I turn to Fiverr. It's so easy to find incredible professionals who can help me out. I've hired people to help with marketing, help with SEO, help with my website. So much great stuff all on Fiverr. I even found Kid Mental who did the incredible theme song on Fiverr. So if you have a project that you need some help on, go check out Fiverr. Use the link in the show notes or my podcast website and you'll help the podcast in the process. Check them out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash chooseyourstruggle. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Alex. He is a great dude. He and Mark are doing awesome work at Of Substance. And something Alex said made me think of work I'm doing with a client. So, Alex talked about how one of the beautiful impacts of their movies is it can help people understand from someone else's perspective. I had a client who texted me recently and he said, uh, Jay, I'm really stressed out. I went out to dinner with my parents the other night and this. Client is is in a much better place than he was when we first started working together. And what was so interesting is that his mom is actually the one who reached out to me because he was struggling. But apparently over dinner, his mom got so angry with her son's past use, not even current use, his past use, that she started screaming at him in the restaurant. Now, <laughs> we can all debate whether eating in a restaurant is the right thing to do, but let's put that aside for a second. And the mom is screaming at him for his past use. Now she had had a couple drinks, and it got so bad apparently that the client I'm working with got up and left, and his dad went with him. And he said his dad and him kind of had a, a heart-to-heart moment where, you know, his dad was was honest about how his past use made him feel, but also was like, you know, this isn't that was inappropriate. And it made me think of that because his mom in there wanted so badly, and she reached out to me, she wanted him to to be better. But she's carrying so much anger from not understanding where her son was that she would berate him at a a table to the point where he and her, her husband would get up and leave. They were so disgusted, embarrassed. So, that's your good egg for today. Try to see something from someone else's perspective to help you let go a little bit of that anger. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to feel anger or to feel a certain way about something, but very clearly that was not the right response from this client's mother. And my hope is if she was to do something like, I don't know, watch a film from of substance, she would understand a little bit more. And maybe she wouldn't be so angry. So go go watch a film from Of Substance. I'm going to make it easy on you. That's your good egg is to try to see something from someone else's perspective. But if you go check out a film from Of Substance and you send me an email or find me on social media or contact me through my website and tell me which film you watched and what you liked about it, it can be a one-one word answer, liked it, made me feel seen, heard, whatever. I'm going to send you a Choose Your Struggle magnet. Also, for those of you who have already reached out, you can disregard this, but those of you who have not reached out from Monday's episode yet, keep doing that. The magnet is gone, but anyone who reaches out from that episode is going to get a sticker, so do that. Now, here's your card for today. We're going to use... The Nugget's of kindness pack in honor of that story I just told you about my client. Here's your card. Whatever it is that you need right at this moment in time, get it. Prioritize it. Make room for it. Tell other people about it. Your needs are important, so heed them. That's a great card. I was just talking about this with someone yesterday, a friend who unfortunately got a diagnosis of COVID. She told me that she'd come in contact with someone, and she was waiting her results. She was nervous, and it sadly came back positive. And I was asking her what she needs, and this person's very humble. Oh, I don't need anything. You know, I'm just worried about my parents. What if I... Can? And that's all true. And I, I can't. I feel for her. Like I can't understand what that weight would feel like. But also in that moment, she got a serious diagnosis, a scary diagnosis. And I told her, it's okay to, to, to need something to prioritize yourself for a second. And, you know, th- again, this person is so kind and so so humble, she didn't want to do that. But in that moment, it's okay to say, I need this. I'm scared. I just need whatever. So listen to that card. Prioritize whatever you need right now and do your good egg. Try to see something from someone else's perspective. Watch it, a substance film. Tell me about it. But most importantly, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.